0: I'm Bastian Grimm, and this is SEO in 2023.
1: Bastian, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023?
0: I think that SEOs need to get you know their heads around the relatively wide topic of AI, which obviously is something around machine learning or has some machine learning components to it, because I think fundamentally this is an area that A, Google is obviously doing a ton of investment in, but, you know, secondarily, like it is so important to understand because how can you optimize for something that you don't understand, right? So from an SEO standpoint, it's like a crucial driving topic for, I would say, not only 2023, but also beyond. So this is why I think getting to grips with it is really important, yeah.
1: So Google is obviously thinking a lot about AI. Some SEOs, some content marketers are thinking a lot about AI and potentially even actually using AI to generate content. But you're talking about it from the perspective of Google and Google actually using AI to better determine what content to rank.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, as I said, it's an extremely wide area, obviously. And I think, you know, AI in itself has different use cases, right? And I think you mentioned like a kind of common one and there's a bunch of tools out there where you know you could start you know inputting something like let's say write an an article about topic xyz and you get you know something and that something is not not always great but like you get something back so i think this is one of the more like hands-on use cases but i think if we zoom out for a bit seos in general tend to like you know they like patterns and they like you know, ranking factors and these kinds of things. And I think you know, AI in itself is a wider area. So Google is probably doing a ton of research left, right and center, to see where can, you know, either machine learning as a simpler form or then you know at a later stage, AI or AI support make a difference. That can be in terms of like just better search results in general. That can be to to determine like content quality, that can be to create content, but also, you know, on the other side, to understand potentially which content has been created by AI, then to understand that that might not eventually be what should be ranking altogether, right? So I think there's a wide area where AI in the future might have its use, but also, I suppose, um, in the very near future. So, you know, next year, or even as of today, partially, where we're already seeing, you know, parts of these implementations kind of driving some some of the rankings in a way, yeah.
1: I love how Google is using AI to determine what content is made by using AI. <laughs> it's a bit of yeah, a... yeah,
0: you know, but that's that's the nature of the beast, right? I mean, you can you can you have this you have this this you know kind of black box situation really, where people I think oftentimes struggle to understand what that really is and what what's happening be- behind the scenes, and a lot of the like current stuff that we are seeing essentially is just. You know, is part of a machine learning algorithm, or even multiple algorithms that that kind of you know work in in unison to to spit out something, right? But, and and we're at a stage where obviously the result of that is also very much kind of determined and, and driven by you know how good the training data is, which is I think also one of the things that that people need to keep in mind, like. You know, we're talking a lot about like the English English uh, language stuff. But, you know, essentially, if you look beyond that, like smaller languages, you know, we are not there yet, right? I mean, obviously, English language is one thing. But then, you know, beyond that, and even in Europe, there's, there's you know, much smaller da- training data, let's say for, you know, Finnish, for example, right? So just the output of that is way less uh, in terms of like quality, so to say. So I think this is also a thing to keep in mind. Like if we're talking about, you know, is Google there or is Google not there yet or what are they doing? A lot of that might only apply, at least for right now, uh, for like the English kind of search results. I suppose it's also one of the reasons why, if you look at the recent kind of announcements in terms of you know updates that they are that they that they're doing, that this usually tends to roll in the in the English language markets first, or even uh, sometimes exclusively, because the training data and the corpus of data is much bigger than what we have in other languages.
1: Interesting. Uh, do you mean? every country that uses the English language worldwide, or perhaps just the US to begin with?
0: Well, I mean, historically, Google always had has kind of rolled out first in the US, but I mean, right now, yes, there is, of course, certain localization aspects between like the UK and the US or, you know, um, African English or, you know, these types of things. But generally, I think you could say the English language in itself, even though there are like nuances that are different, and I mean, no offense to any other like variant of English language in, in any way, shape or form, but I think, you know, English in itself, they kind of master quite well. But then, if it gets to really more complicated stuff, then um, or you know, due to the less training data, it just sometimes they're just not even rolling things out uh, in in those different markets. And that that also means, you know, machine learning is only can only do so much, right? We need to move beyond that because mm-hmm. once you develop a system that itself has some sort of intelligence to it, then it's not necessarily relying on a limited you know, corpus of training data anymore because it just can train itself, I suppose. So that's also why I think, you know, oftentimes people are kind of mixing up, you know, what's just machine learning or machine supervised learning versus actually what is really artificial intelligence in itself. Right? That's a different story. So oftentimes it's an oversimplification when you say like, oh, this is all AI, but it's not really AI. It's just like, you know, a trained or a multitude of trained algorithms in a way.
1: Okay. So would you say then that Google are actively using machine learning at the moment, but they're not Kind of, kind of using AI just now.
0: Yeah, I mean that—that's that, one thing that that has changed historically, right? Where Google really continued to push. Um, I mean, historically, uh, especially on the search uh, quality side, they were very, very much uh, kind of against using any way, shape, or form of machine learning. But that—that that was the shift a couple of years ago, and even now, I mean, also in like more, let's say, visual. Platforms like YouTube, right? There's a lot of different types of machine learning algorithms in play. For example, like the recommendations that we all know, right? This is essentially, you know, this is all based on machine learning, and the machine learning takes different types of input, you know, that can be, you know, similar user profiles or, you know, any anyway data that is somewhat related to it. So, machine learning, yes, AI. I think it's a thin line to say it's all AI because, you know, from the outside, it's it's hard to hard to judge first and foremost, but secondarily, I think also for some of the stuff and I'm not sure there was a a lot of discussion around, um, you know, AI all of a sudden becoming this like machine that has, you know, certain feelings and kind of, you know, where like, there was i think i can't forgot i forgot his name but like there was a googler that i think had been let go as of his job right
1: yeah i was going to say he's an ex googler now isn't he yeah
0: exactly so i mean you know this is what i'm saying like it's a, it's a small and thin line to walk so machine learning yes for sure ai maybe not so much, but then again, like this this acceleration curve, right, of like progress that we're making. uh, If you look back how the job of SEOs has changed the last five years versus what's probably gonna happen in the next five years, we would just have much more computing power much more data, much more capabilities to process all of that data. I would imagine that we're just seeing much faster progress.
1: So whether it's machine learning or AI, Google are looking to use automation to determine content quality and map intent to that content quality. So what precisely are they looking at within the content to decide upon the quality and map intent to that? And what do SEOs need to do about that?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, historically what what was a huge struggle is that, you know, let's take an e-commerce business, right? They, of course, want to sell their products. They have to sell their products. They have, you know, product descriptions probably around, like, the, the articles that they're trying to sell. But, like, oftentimes the decision has been formed, you know, much earlier on when someone is like in this informational uh, stage of like trying to do some research around, you know, I don't know, like a washing machine, for example, right? And you're like, probably, you know, you have a new, you know, maybe you have a bigger family now, you want to know what kind of, what type of washing machine do you need, et cetera, et cetera. So you're like in this informational kind of journey. And, you know, then the question is like, what does that person really want when it's actually searching for something like, you know, just washing machine, right? Is it like, is that like, is it already a purchase query or is it maybe just in this information stage or somewhat in between? And like that person might might want to kind of have a you know, comparison or even a recommendation, uh, you know, in like, if you would go to a local store, you would kind of have this what we call in search, I guess, query refinement, right? So it's like, I want a washing machine. And it's like, you know, you kind of have this dialogue with a person, which you probably don't have when you do like a search query. So I think this is also one of the reasons why Google is actually moving into this like more journey situation rather than have like your one single input output uh, without understanding the context or the meaning around it. So I think from that perspective, what they are looking for is obviously to find results that ideally can answer or support in, you know, no matter what stage you're in. So it can be, you know, a piece of content that you would get from that specific shop that is like still in this informational, where the person is still in the informational journey, but also, you know, once you're like, okay, maybe, you know, I want this comparison because I want to figure out which one is the right one for me, then you might have, preferred like to get a you know let's say like a table or like a listing of different types of machines and then at the end of the day you might want this one single recommendation being shown to you so I think fundamentally what they're trying um, very hard is to understand you know what's the best results obviously um, but what company or domain let's say can help in all the different stages in this specific case I'm not saying this is true for every vertical but especially in, in, in e-commerce where you have yeah, you know, very different types of like queries that kind of all are supported, supporting each other in a way i think that's super important so essentially like i think it has been called you know holistic content or whatever name you want to put to it but essentially my mind is you know they them being google you know no matter how generic or or specific the query is their biggest goal is at that point in your journey they want they need to understand where you are in this journey and then Serve the respective content, and you know that can be something very different when you search a washing machine versus when I search a washing machine, because we might be implicitly in a different type of this 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 journey. And I think this is the the big thing where the more training data you have, the more machine learning you can apply, and the more like factors you can get in, right? And I think this is a, like a crucial a crucial thing to, to understand also for Google, because, and, you know, if you look at search results historically, there was oftentimes Google's answer was just like, if you search for, I don't know, like I'm a, I'm a big car fan. Right. So I, I drive Audi and like when you search, search for Audi at the time, like you would get like a whole ton of brand rankings, like the homepage and some like, you know, work at Audi and and this, this and the other. And like, if you look at those generic search results, they've changed so much over the years because Google always kind of got better in understanding, you know, how does a proper selection look like? Maybe, you know, Bastian has an interest in driving like, I don't know, like an RS3. So like I serve this model page uh, and not just, you know, working at Audi because he's not going to work at Audi anyways, you know, those kinds of things, like understanding even without my, implicit refinement or like implicit query as an input, what do I want is I think something that's fundamentally important. And then if you turn it around, what do we need SEOs like to kind of to do and what's you know their like what should be their task or priority in terms of content? I think it's creating content that's informing these different types of decisions and supports in those different types of journeys. So I think this is also a reason why There's not one single answer to like, you know, how long does a content need to be or how short should it be? You know, this has all been like historically made up kind of metrics that are just not true because it's extremely depending on the topic and, and how much information can you as a site provide and what kind of information do I really need? Because on the other hand... If it's simplified information that can be served through structured data or like just you know with a single like input-output answer, Google is gonna do that themselves anyways, right? So like if you want to know you know how tall a certain you know public figure is, then you just like ask you know and you get the answer straight away. I mean this is nothing new. So I think for me it's more like on the back of it like the, the bigger stuff that Google can't answer straight away. This is I think where you need to be and where you need to kind of build content. That's supporting this entire journey from like, you know, I have no idea what I want to like, okay, this is me. I want to buy it. Let's go for it. I think this is is the entire process that you need to support.
1: So you must serve the correct intent in 2023. Yeah, exactly. uh, But you also must still continue trying to be an authoritative source. So how do you become the trusted resource on a particular topic?
0: I mean, this is obviously going a lot into a topic that's been talked about a lot, I think, in the last two or three years, right, everything that revolves around, like, EAT and, uh, you know, becoming or being this trustworthy, not only person, but generally entity, you could probably say, and that entity can be a person or a multitude of, you know, people or whatever. But I think, I mean, again, this this is a topic that's probably very, very, very broad. But necessarily, I think what it is is, you need to build up this reputation over time it's not going to happen from from one day to to the other sadly i think so there's always this un-
1: so, so so machine learning hasn't radically impacted the way that authority is built
0: no i wouldn't say it it not necessarily because i mean what it certainly does is it helps to understand if someone is in fact, an authority, because you can start mapping out things. And for example, like if you're in, like, let's say the pharmaceutical context, right, for Google, it would be easy to say, okay, you know, there is I take a certain set of training data that's that's solely like related to, you know, let's say um, prescription information for certain types of drugs. Right. So I could process that. And based on that specific corpus for a vertical like pharmaceutical, I would know how does, you know, a a pharmaceutical site. Structure-wise, look like if that makes any sense, right? So it's like you would be much more. It would be much more easy for a machine to understand. Is that actually a typical site, rather than, you know, is that is that just me or my blog writing something about a drug, which is probably dangerous in, in you know in, in different ways, shapes, and forms? So you don't want that, and you don't want to rank that. So I think for that, machine learning is great because again, you can have like verticalized approaches to uh, using different types of data, and then therefore you know, come to different conclusions as to like, okay, how does a specific authority in pharmaceutical look like versus, you know, is that, you know, versus something entirely different. Um, so for that, certainly it helps. But generally speaking, I guess, uh, becoming an authority is not like done. That's what I meant. It's not done overnight. It's more like, you know, you need to invest. And that's, that's content, that's reputation. That's, of course, means citations slash linking, etc. So these things are still there. It's just like the you know, the process takes time. That's what I, that's what I meant. So you're not, unfortunately, usually not becoming a thought tree from one day to the other. Right. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I love your thoughts that yeah, yeah a, a certain industry has a certain type of website and Google knows what that kind of website looks like if yeah. you are going to be an authority in the industry. Yeah. If you're a thought leader or a blog pub- publisher, then obviously you've got a different style of website and Google are going to understand that and position you elsewhere yeah. within, within a, that particular yeah. industry. Well, you've shared what SEO should be talking about in 2023 or actually doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? Productive. What's something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023?
0: Well, I mean, I think there's still a lot of like old-fashioned tactics out there. So if we just put them, you know, like let's take, you know, um, automated generating of like linking and, and deep types of things. I think this is like all been like dead for years. So I think let's let's sure. let's put that aside. But I think like a, a general mindset that I see quite often, which I think is also and it's more a conceptual tip rather than like a very hands-on, but like, you know, this chasing different types of patterns or like isolated ranking factors, as in like, okay, if I do this, then the needle might move like this 1% kind of a mentality. I think this is just something that people need to stop obsessing about because this is just not how search works anymore. Like, you know, if you have machines informing decisions based on a broad variety of data, yeah, it might move the needle by this 1%, but the question is, is that really worth your time? So I think my general advice would be don't obsess about individual isolated ranking factors as much as you've probably done in the past. Yes, sure, you still need proper page titles, but not only because they are you know, a ranking factor, but because at the end of the day, they make a difference in terms of CTR. You know, they inform what that destination page is all about. It probably might be used as like an internal link, anchor text, etc. cetera, right? So, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't do that, but like, just don't obsess with individual things. Just make it as good as you can and build a site that actually has its meaning and is informing, you know, a decision along um, a user's journey and then the rest, I would say, kind of comes with it. But just like, yeah, stop obsessing about isolated ranking factors would be my... Would be my advice for the future for sure
1: bastian grim is ceo and co-founder at peak ace and you can find him over at pa.ag bastian thanks so much for being part of seo in 2023
0: thank you for having me much appreciated. get your
1: copy of seo in 2023 the book over at seoin2023.com